In this episode of the Tradies Business Show, we chat with a woman about men. We speak with Jasmine Newman from Relating to Men about uh, how tradie couples can get on better in business and at home. Welcome to the Tradies Business Show, helping you get off the tools and into true business ownership so you can spend more time doing the things that matter most. Now, here are your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Tradies Business Show. And guess what? There's differences between men and women. What? Yes. I don't understand what you're saying, there Michaela. Is, I know. I know. It were groundbreaking stuff on this show. <laughs> uh, so I'm Michaela Clark and this is Warwick Bidwell. We are the founders of the Tradies Business Show and the co-creators of the Tradies Business Toolkit. We didn't think that through. Like, it was a heck of a mouthful, wasn't it? <laughs> Running through all of those. It was, but we we know a bit. Yeah, about tradies and business and stuff. Yep. So, um, And something we like to do is get experts on the show so that we don't uh, get found out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but today, as we said, we're talking with a woman who has um, spent a large part of her life actually working with women and men basically on getting on with each other and uh, having better relationships. So she's a relationships coach. Uh, she has her own business and um, and she's done a lot of work with this, uh, I suppose, the differences you talk about, Michaela, between men and women and helping us just to uh, bridge that gap and, and uh, I suppose, you know, be happier, have a better life together. Well, not you or me specifically, but... Oh, that's good. I don't <laughs> think she'll ever be able to get us to sort out our differences. <laughs> <laughs> So joining us today at the Tradies Business Show table, I suppose, uh, round table or is it a triangular table? I think today it's probably going to be a, a normal rectangular table with me on one side <laughs> and two ladies on the other perhaps, but we're going to talk a bit about that. So I'm Woz, uh, welcome to the show, I've got Michaela here with me and on the line today is a very special guest, uh, Jasmine Newman, who is a relationships coach. Uh, she runs a business called Relating to Men. But, um, Jasmine, you, you don't just work with men, do you? No, no, um, and good morning. I, um, I definitely work with women as well. Uh, and, in fact, I started out working with women, uh, but then I, I wanted to, uh, after working with women for a, for a long time, which was more in my training business than in my coaching business, uh, but after working with women for a long time, I sort of realised that I needed to get a better handle on the understanding of men and men's issues and how men viewed relationships. And uh, so then I went exclusively into working with men for a period of about three years. Yeah, right. And so I guess in terms of qualifications, you, you are a woman. So you're fairly qualified <laughs> to uh, to talk to women about women. Uh, but yes. what about dealing with men? I, I, I'm I'm getting a, a couple of questions in early here because I suspect that uh, this will shift to being you and Michaela chatting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a couple of women together, a man can't get a, a word in edgewise. Uh, what, what led to you working yeah. with men? Well... Really, there was a very big um, shortfall in what was available for men. Um, there was there's a big gap in in how we 
understand men and the services that are available for them. And we often refer to it as the empathy gap because there's um, there's very little empathy for understanding and meeting men where men are at uh, as opposed to from the female prism or the female perspective. And so uh, w once I started listening to men's stories, uh, you know, in an empathetic kind of framework where I was really sort of um, just being very quiet and and listening to them and let them speak and then extracting from that what the actual issues were sort of coaching is fantastic for extracting information and and for you know getting to the root cause of problems uh, and um, and I realized that the traditional counseling model um, simply didn't work for men but the coaching model did work for them because it's much more about solution focused rather than feeling focused mm. and so what do you feel and this could be um one of those how long is a piece of string kind of questions. But what's the biggest misconception you think that women have about men? I'll just go the big big question to start. Can yeah, I answer that yeah. one? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not talking to you. Oh, right. This talking is where to I the expert. Yeah, no, just, no, no. just because you're a man doesn't mean you're the expert yeah, in this I'm conversation. Yeah, I'm not qualified to talk about men. What, what was it? Was it who? Yeah. Look to that, I mean it is a it is a big 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 question and on on many fronts I think we we have a lot of misconceptions uh, about men but one of them is that they don't talk uh, and they do talk um, but women have to be quiet long enough to listen now often um, yeah, when yeah. I say that <laughs> I could not have said that and got away with it this is a great thing about having someone like you on the show Jasmine well as you know with me I don't, I don't pull any punches but the, the funny thing is that when I say that I, I am often shouted down um, by um, by certain sectors of society um, I won't mention the F word mm. and um, and and you know they say, oh, women, you know, women have been quiet long enough. It's time enough to speak. Well, um, you know, it, it's it's time for us to to say our thing. But the reality is that we've been we've been listening to to women's stories for a long time, and we, um, you know, we've had almost a hundred years of of um, feminism and women's rights, and and we rightfully rose up and met those challenges as a society. But it's time now for us to cross that bridge back to understanding men and being prepared to listen to um, to men more in a way that that um, you know respects them in in the same way that that women expect to be respected mm. and I, it's if I can just quickly hop in there Michaela <laughs> Michaela's mouth was open she was just ready to, to jump in Is there but uh, you know there's that whole thing about equality versus equity. And I think, you know, it was definitely needed. I mean, it's it's crazy to look back in history and just have a look at how women have been treated um, throughout man's history. But it's almost like with, with so many things with people is that the pendulum sometimes swings too far in the other direction. And, and I think in this case, it's not that we need to do less around that issue of, of you know, equity for women and everything, but I think in some cases 
men have kind of been left out a bit out of out of the out of the out of the conversation the support services and i mean i'm i'm still in the midst of my own uh separation and divorce and and it's not an ugly uh an ugly one by any stretch of the imagination but i've become much more aware of i guess the potential um inequities that are seem to be just built into the system that disadvantage men in some ways and i don't want to turn this this episode is not about men's rights but you know in terms of a precursor to what we're going to chat about it's like you know we've got to we've got to start i think being a bit more proactive with the way we look after blokes um as a way to actually take care of women better yeah so so there's some some really interesting things in um in everything that you said there but at at the end of the day, what it comes down to is recognising that um, the way men see the world, uh, and I'd like to, to talk specifically about that a little bit later, but um, the way men see the world and the way they interact with with the world and society has to be respected as being of equal importance but different to women. We cannot expect men and women to be the same and to have the same experience nor require the same approach or services and um, while we're all human um, much of what we what we do is designed around meeting the needs of women socially and we're not providing the same mechanisms for men so that they come into society as as whole functioning um, and uh, you know, emotionally cared for, socially cared for. So I guess take this opportunity now to perhaps explain that how the men see the world because I think that is a big misconception that we have as women that um, I, I do believe my husband and I look at things very differently. I've, it's taken me 16 years. I've finally worked it out. So please uh, <laughs> shed some light on uh, uh, how men see the world, I guess, and, and those differences that perhaps we're not aware of. Well, it's a um, it's an interesting thing because men are by nature visionary creatures. Right? Now we talk about this in often it's most talked about in negative terms. You know the way guys are checking out other women and and this kind of thing. And we and we talk about objectification and and um, you know how uh, we sort of we we frame it in a very negative sense. But if you take it to the literal sense of the way my, men's brains work. Um, you know, men and I mean, we, we all have we all have the same brain, but we are wired just slightly differently. There's only only minute differences, but um, but they're important ones. And men are visionary creatures. And so when I say how the men uh, how the, the way how men see the world as being different to women, women are driven more by emotions. Men are driven more by vision, which creates though that that solution focused outcome. So that that um, uh, that sort of fix-it mentality. You know, men need men want want to resolve things and solve problems rather than invest into the emotional feeling side of things. And so, in relationships, uh, you know, men often have a a vision of where things are going, um, especially when um, when they're in acute stages of stress. That vision becomes really narrow, focused, and and quite small. And this applies for all of us. Um, but when when they're you know normal functioning doing the the day to day grind, 
they have they have a vision of how they expect life to be. And sometimes when, say in the case of a separation or something, um, when that vision is, is cut in half and somebody throws up a dirty great big brick wall in front of them, then, then they really struggle. But they're still solution focused. So they're still looking for a way to find the best way through this um, as as easily as as they can possibly navigate. They're not usually going out looking for hard or, you know, difficult. And so I guess an issue that um, I had for a long time was learning that when I'm perhaps trying to tell him um, how I'm feeling about something uh, and he's not really, I think, oh, he's not listening to me. Uh, he's not really getting it, where he's not understanding that, I mean, he's looking for the solution to the problem, not, yeah. you know, trying to be feely. Yeah, yeah. So we have fixing problems and feeling problems. <laughs> and and, and it, it, it serves men well to understand the difference between those, but it also serves women well to understand what they're asking of a man and to be clear about that to him and to and to, to, to state, and I've, I've used this in some couples relationship coaching that I've done, um, but for, for um, as a woman, for you to, to state to your husband, you know, I just, I want you to understand how I'm, how I'm feeling about this or what can I do to help you understand how I'm feeling about this? But is it really a feeling problem or is it really a fixing problem? Because um, just, just as an example, if, uh, if you're getting, getting narky at him because he's coming home late um, but the problem is really that he didn't fix the light bulb in the bathroom and you can't do your makeup, then is it a fixing problem or is it a feeling problem? I'm lost. <laughs> I'm just thinking, well, I'll go and replace the bloody light globe and problem solved. Exactly. But, but, exactly. but I guess the woman would think, oh, he doesn't care about me because but he I hasn't fixed the light, light bulb. Globe. But I've asked several times and it hasn't been done. So he's not hearing me. So then I need to shout louder to get him, this is what I'm thinking, to listen because he's not doing the action. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. So there, there are men and women listening to this going, uh-huh, 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 <laughs> to each of those points, right? That's, that's the, that, that is exactly the conundrum. So, so women tend to invest into the story of, well, he doesn't care about me, he doesn't, um, he's not interested in me, he's not interested in helping me out, and we create this great big story about how we feel or how we think he feels about us, um, whereas really it's just that he didn't fix the damn light bulb, right? And so, um, you know, he, he, he sort of goes straight into, well, here, I'll fix the light bulb and it's fixed. Yeah. But then she's still hanging on to those feelings that she's attached to that problem. That's right. right. So th there's, there's a big disparity between, between the way we see things. And, um, you know, sometimes it just it takes the effort to get down to the root cause of the problem. And so... This is definitely something I see show up with uh, my tradies business wingman clients that I personally work with and uh, a very, very high percentage of those clients are husband and wife teams um, and look, a big part of the work that I do probably crosses over into what you're doing, Jasmine, and, and maybe I can start mm. referring some of them to you instead so I don't tear my hair out, but uh, <laughs> there's just these these miss matches between the understanding 
or the levels of understanding between partners because they're doing the life partnership and the business partnership and you're throwing money and time stress and you know business risk and all sorts of stuff in there and then you know the the husband's going off into man land and being very male about the way he approaches business problems and everything uh and the wife often is um sort of feeling like she's not appreciated or valued in the business i've got a few clients that are going through this at the moment and that's causing some real um grating tension between them uh yep how on earth do you know men and women work together in business and also have a marriage or a life partnership like what are, what are some of the i suppose some of the problems that you see and we've talked a bit about that but also perhaps what's some uh changes or awareness that people can can work towards to start to change that one one of the most common things that i find in almost every aspect of life at the moment certainly um certainly that those of us that spend a lot of time in the online realm uh is that people are making statements uh of fact or statements of their perception right and we do this in communication in relationships as well and it's a big mistake because it's one thing to state your claim uh but it's a far more beneficial thing to ask questions with the intention of of resolving or understanding or getting a better understanding. So one of the things that that I do, I mean, all coaching is is really asking the right questions at at the right time to extract, for people to understand themselves and to to get the the awareness themselves um, about, you know, either what they've just said or the impact of what they've just said or how they're feeling or, you know, to, to to dive into the problem. So, I mean, I often say that if, if you're not getting the answers you want, so in this case, um, you know, if you're constantly at loggerheads and what you're doing is not working, then there's always a better question that you can be asking. Mm. So, yeah, so in, in the case of relationships, it's, you know, both couples should be asking of each other either how can I help you understand this or how can you explain this to me so that I understand it better? And that's like nice and simple. <laughs> yeah. And, and as uh, someone who's coached many people over the years as well, absolutely, it's about the questions that get asked. But like, how does a couple go from the dynamic they're in at the moment? You know, like, like the whole coming home late and the light globe's not replaced. How do you get out of those cycles? Because because we, we really get stuck in a rut there. Yeah, look, they're, they're patterns of behaviour and they're things that we've learned over time. And so um, realistically, the answer to that is it's a process, okay? So everybody has to work on themselves. You can't fix your partner, right? That, and it's not your responsibility to fix your partner. It's your responsibility to fix yourself. But in a relationship, um, each person has to come into that with, with, the, same, um, with the same mental space. Um, so if, if the the problem is that the relationship is struggling uh, for whatever reason um, and, uh, and and you're not communicating well, then, then the two of you need to be prepared to address this. So the first thing is to accept that there is an issue, right? Acceptance mm-hmm. has, to be, has to be the key starting point. The second is to understand yourself a little bit better. What are my natural, um, what's my natural 
response or reaction mechanism. So um, we have we have three basic mechanisms that that we go into fight, flight, and freeze. Right when when we're threatened by something, and and that that threat can be as simple as a as an argument. Um, so we, we either go into fight, flight, or freeze, and we have a primary mechanism of those three things that we tend to be drawn to. And so what I do with clients is get them to, um, you know, just, just through doing some various different little bits of analysis, but we work out what their primary mechanism is. Do they want to run from an argument? That, that means that they're, they're in flight, right? So they, they try and avoid... Um, discussing the topic they don't they don't want to know about it those people tend to or you know they'll leave the room or walk out and go to the pub and have a beer rather than rather than have to you know address the problem Mm. that mechanism that primary mechanism is actually flight fight is the person who is is going to stand there and argue it out until um, until somebody loses the battle right and freeze are the people who just um, shut down and just go very introspective and kind of, you know, it's, it's the equivalent of a, of a toddler putting, putting their hands over their ears, but I don't mean to belittle them in that way no. because that's, that's actually the feeling that it, that it gives to, um, to those people. We think of it as people, um, when they're confronted with somebody who's in freeze, um, tend to feel like the other person is just being... Uh, selfish or, or being a pig or you know all of these words that we that we put around it but the reality is they're really struggling and um, and they tend to when they come out of freeze they'll either go into flight or fight um, so yeah so so the process really is accepting that there's an issue being prepared to do the work to identify what your response mechanism is and then working on changing those patterns of behavior so it does take work, you know, it's not, it's not a simple fix. But that being said, it's not always a lot of work, you know. Just I can get through this sort of thing in, in a couple of sessions really and, um, and you know, by the, time, by the time you get to the, to the fourth, fifth or sixth session, I normally do things in, in sort of six-week blocks or six-session blocks and by the time you get to the sixth, you're completely clear of, of, of who you are, where you are, where you're heading, how you can change your patterns and you just you start implementing those and you know it's just it's knowledge is power in this case so if um you know you and your partner one is um fight and one is flight so you you really you know one's wanting to have it out and the other's you know driving off in the car <laughs> i mean what's the first step there in trying yep. to um come to some common ground because i think a lot of couples i know we're like that um yeah What's the, what's the first well, step then to trying to bring them together to help get this acceptance and communicate the issues? It, it's it's recognizing when you're going into a pattern, right? So so we all have patterns of behaviours. Humans are humans are pattern animals, and and we love patterns. We like predictability, and and we are used to things being the same. We we are uncomfortable when. When uh, I mean, if you came home and your partner had completely moved the furniture around the house, and this probably happens in tradies' homes, um, <laughs> your, your partner's completely, you know, changed something in the home, and you're uncomfortable with it, right? You weren't expecting that; it wasn't on the agenda. You're uncomfortable, right? We don't like things that are uncomfortable. Um, so it's a matter of being uh, aware that, um, you know. 
that, that you're going into that process. And so this is why I said knowledge is power. So once you recognize what your pattern of behavior is, um, or what your, sorry, more, more than that, what your reaction um, is, you know, if you're, if you're tend, tend to, um, you know, say tended to go more into fight than you are into flight, for instance, um, and you see that, you feel that rising in you because there's visceral responses to all of these, right? We actually, you know, we have um, posture changes, we have elevated heart rate, um, we have uh, sometimes, especially for people in freeze, they, they might, they'll often actually start to sweat. Um, so there, there's actually, like, we actually have responses to these which can be identified. Um, in people in fight will tend to lift their shoulders up, they might be clenching their fists, there's all sorts of things. So you can be aware of those. And, um, you know, when you, when you start to realise that you're, that you're in an argument and actually, God, I'm clenching my fists and my shoulders are tight, um, oh, that's what Jasmine said about being in, in fight. If I want to fix this, I need to calm that down. And so it's just a matter of cognitive awareness and just saying, all right, well, what, what do I need to do? And so, you know, I give people patterns of things to do. So, okay, you need to breathe, relax, say nothing for a moment. And so it's just a matter of creating a new pattern to go. So it doesn't stop you from wanting to do that, right? But it, it's, it, um, it makes you aware that that's what you're doing. It's up to you whether you proceed along that line or not or whether or not you're prepared to take the heat out of it and sit down and chill and go, all right, well, we actually have to resolve this. So That's when you get to like a decent point in the argument. Yeah, and that that works well where both partners or both parties have each committed to growth and that personal um, awareness and personal change. But what about where maybe, you know, one one person has come to that awareness and thought well you know i'm not happy with the way the relationship is going not happy with the way we're communicating in business or life uh i want to change this the other partner either well not outwardly against it but perhaps is not as on board with that are there things that either mm. you know men can do to um support their women you know you talked about that feeling problems and fixing problems and is there stuff that the the ladies can do to support their husbands or partners in the way they see the world like if one person's committed to that change yeah look overall um and i hate to generalize but um but overall women tend to invest time into say counseling therapy far more than what than what men do but i believe that that's because the traditional counseling model doesn't really work for men um so um you know, I don't, I don't blame them for that because I, I don't, um, you know, I, I completely understand where they're coming from in terms of the traditional counselling model. Um, but so, so often there is one, one partner who is, has been prepared to do the work and the other partner who, um, who isn't. Um, so, sorry, what your question really was, was what, how can well, we get women to... Oh, no, I wasn't saying that. <laughs> I would never say that. How can we get women to help men more? No. No, no, no I, it was more around, okay, so let's say uh, I'm, I'm, you know, the, the man in the relationship 
and I can see that the dynamic is not great. And, you know, we're, we're arguing in the business. We're not communicating well at home. I can tell that my partner's not happy. My wife's not happy. Um, how can I actually, while I'm working on myself, how can I actually support her to maybe come to awareness more or, um, you know, realize that we both need to be working on this together? Like, are there things that, that I can do as a man, I guess, to start with? Well, yeah, I mean, that, that particularly comes down to, uh, again, asking that, that it's a really, um, a really valid question of, um, you know, if he says to her, uh, how can I, um, what, what can I say to you or how can I help you understand what I'm thinking? Because women will say, well, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't talk to me. Men do have to be prepared to talk, but women have to be prepared to listen. So, um, you know, what I, what I often say is that, that, well, what I said right at the outset here is, you know, we have, to be, we have to be quiet long enough to actually hear what they're saying. Men give signals in, in different ways to, to what women do. So, um, but he, he, if, if he wants to resolve an issue, he is going to have to broach that subject. There's avoidance technique um, that many people have adopted um, but men are particularly skilled at is um, doesn't doesn't work when it comes to interpersonal or intimate relationships. Um, you know, we we have to be prepared to um, to sometimes sort of move outside our comfort zone and expand our resilience around that as well. So I know um, I touched on this earlier, but you know, so many women think they're not getting heard, uh, and that's probably because yeah. we're not listening. But I mean, what, you know, when we say how we're feeling and things don't change or they take it the wrong way, or how do we, how do we then, instead of keep trying to shout at them and bring it up all the time, how do we listen better? Well, you know, the more women talk about feelings, the more men tend to withdraw from the conversation because then they're not, I mean, men are, men are more than capable um, and, and have the full range of emotions. Um, but emotional emotional intelligence is is a craft that that we have to learn, and particularly with you know the generation that we have now, say you know between, um, oh probably more so between forty and sixty, I would say, um, is is much more challenging because they were raised to be stoic and not and not invest into feelings. And so if if women are asked if women ask the question, you know, how do you see this? Um, playing out or what vision do you have like what's this going to look like when we've completed this project or what's going what the, what is this going to look like if we separate um, and start to ask visionary questions what what do you see in this what what um, what vision do you have for this when this is completed or if we don't address this and when you start to put things in those terms it tends to open up men's minds rather than us standing there saying, well, I feel this and I feel that, um, because it, that tends to shut men down because they're not as equipped to deal with things on, um, on that emotional level because they are more solution-focused. Okay. So it's, it's a simple matter of us rising up and, and, and putting, just reframing things into, you know, how, how do you see this? How do you, how do you see us sol solving this? It was interesting that um, my husband came to me the other day and said, I don't need you to solve this. 
I don't want to know what I should be doing. I just want to tell you how I feel. And awesome. Yeah, and I thought, oh, wow. And then I didn't know how to respond because I'm like, well, I can't give you a, a solution. Because <laughs> and, and, I wanted to give him, you know, because he's going, oh, we, whatever it was. I can't remember now. Um, he's got a bad back, so it's probably going on about his back. And I'd be going, well, why don't you go to the doctor or whatever? And, and men hate being told how to yeah, do stuff. Yeah, and I realised he just yeah. wanted to say to me how he was feeling. I had no idea how to respond. I just was like... Hmm. And, and I didn't know what to say. I was grateful he know, was doing it. Look, kudos to him, right? That's a that's a that's a really big step. And what he's done is he's come in and he's framed his problem in a way that um, should be clear and should be able for you. Uh, you, you know, you're more than capable of of understanding that when you hear that. But women are incredibly ill-equipped to understand or to listen to men's feelings and accept them, right? And so that's – and this is the empathy gap, right? We, we actually have never been – you know, we, we've never been schooled in, um, in, in being empathetic towards men's feelings because, you know, well, you know, it's a chicken and egg thing. What, what came first, you know? Men were stoic and strong and didn't, didn't talk about their feelings and now we ask them to talk about their feelings and then when we do – when that when we do when they do, um, then women are like shit. What do I do now? You know, <laughs> That's like, exactly how I felt. I was like, oh, I'm not, I go, oh please I'm don't not start crying. He's talked about his, yeah, he's just he's, well, yeah. But I mean, we should be allowing men to cry um, if they choose to, right? Yeah, I mean, of I'm course. not saying I'm not I, like I I really um, dismiss this whole you know men must cry thing. Um, because men simply process, many men simply process things in a different way. Um, I don't cry a lot, right? I'm not a crier. And um, and if somebody told me I should cry more, I'd probably tell them where to get off because that's just not me. And a lot of men, uh, a lot of men are like that and most men are like that. So, um, you know, it's really up to women to raise their emotional intelligence as well to... Um, to you know be able to to be accepting and to be empathetic so so when somebody's expressing their emotions um there's there's two things that we tend to do we um we either empathize if we're naturally empathetic or we sympathize um and there's a big difference between between the way the two things are heard by the other person so sympathy is more about, oh, yeah, that really sucks. Sorry. Um, what's for dinner, right? Um, so, so you know, gee, that's, that's really awful. I, I feel awful about that. But then they kind of move on. Empathy is, well, you know, thank you for explaining that to me. I really, I understand how complex that is for you. Um, I'm here to support you. Mm. So, so. And then that, and then let that silence be. So sympathy is more just, yeah, okay, that, you know, you had a bad experience, sorry about that, uh, and just shelve it and move on. Whereas empathy is more yeah. about creating that space if somebody chooses to, to express further on that. Is that, am I understanding that right? Yeah. I might have, yeah, I might have just highlighted right. the uh, <laughs> difference between male and female communication understanding there. No, 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 no. You you nailed it perfectly. But the the key um, the key to empathy is 
to let people know that they've been heard and that you you know you get a sense of, you get a sense of feeling of, of what they're saying but then be quiet and let them either speak more and they usually will but you have to be quiet we have to be come I know this is uh, kind of taboo for for radio and podcasts but you have to allow silence you have to allow pauses so that people can have time to process then what they what they say so if you're in in your case Michaela with your husband in a situation like that hope he doesn't mind us using him as a case study he doesn't um, listen so he won't know (laughs) can't imagine why he wouldn't listen (laughs) <laughs> no, I can't either. Um, so in in that case, it's a matter of uh, of sitting back and um, and of allowing him the space to recognise that actually she got that she she got a sense of that, and then he is most likely going to dive into some more, but only if you've managed to. Uh, you know, let him know that that you that, that you feel him, that you've got a sense of of what he's going through, and always thank people when they when they share, um, you know, from anything from the heart. Always make sure you you know you're thankful and appreciative of that because it's a big deal when somebody is prepared to put um, in, well is prepared to put their heart on their sleeve. Um, one of one of the things that I just want to go straight into because it's it's incredibly relevant because I know right then when I said that put your heart on your sleeve a lot of men just shut down right they just went no oh, no I'm so not doing that um, I'm not I'm not going to be vulnerable I don't want to be seen as being vulnerable because we view vulnerability as being weak and that's, uh, however yeah. it's actually a, an incredibly courageous act to be able to put your heart on your sleeve and um, and to be brave enough and to be bold enough um, and but also loving enough for, for yourself and for your partner to say, you know what, I'm actually hurting over this. Um, that's a very courageous move. It's not a sign of weakness at all. Yeah, I was, I was going to say uh, all the men that I've worked with over the years um, in relationships in, and in their businesses often – they don't want to show that because that's a sign of failure. But not only that, they feel like, and I know I've felt like this over the years as well, if if we show that, then the women in our lives lose confidence and, and faith and then they freak out because, well, if you're not in control of this and if you're feeling scared and all that sort of stuff, then I'm just going to spiral off into that feeling stuff, you know, <laughs> emotional... Uh, overwhelm and and as guys it's like holy crap what do i do with that i mean i'm freaking out now my my partner's freaking out um we're really stuck yeah so we just yeah there's no one driving the bus anymore you know it's yeah that that's exactly what happens um so yeah it's about i mean it's a matter of uh it's a matter of of respect but um and i know it's it's probably a little bit um un pc to to say this but you know, women's emotional intelligence in these cases needs to rise up to meet um, men's emotions that that we're asking them to be emotionally intelligent in. Yeah, it's again we'll uh, steer clear of all of the the controversy uh, around the F word, but <laughs> it, it, it's kind of it's almost like you know 
men have been told they need to be open and they need to cry and they need to show their emotions and all that. And then when they do, so often, well, women, but also other men, uh, just don't know what to do with that. We we haven't learned those skills of, okay, well, we've got people who are being open and transparent, but mm. we don't have the skills. Uh, you know, if someone says, like, we have things like, are you okay day? And that's awesome. But you, you ask someone if they're okay and they say no, it's like, oh, crap, what do I do now? What do I do now? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the same is, um, you know, the same is, is it, I, I think that it's equally true for, for women. If we're expecting men to um, to talk about how they feel, women need to learn how to empathise with men's feelings when they do share them. Mm. Rather than sympathise and then either openly or secretly freak rather out than, because rather than do what rather than do what Michaela did and go, Oh shit, now what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> That's nice, honey. Uh what's for dinner? <laughs> yeah, excellent. I'm Can you replace the light globe in the toilet? I can't <laughs> Yeah, exactly exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh you know, the, these are challenges of, of modern um relationships and of and of life as we know it, uh, you know, as we're, as we're going through the humdrum and, and the day-to-day grind, um, you know, our, the relationship dynamic is, is shifting. Um, and particularly when you're, um, you know, when you're thinking about a, say a tradies couple, uh, you know, you're, um, you're talking about women generally who are pretty strong and strong-willed. Um, and and they've matched up with a um, you know with a man who is pretty stoic and strong, uh, and so they you know they're two fairly fairly dynamic forces to um, to be partnered with, and it's not um, it's not unsurprising that that they will um, come to loggerheads at various different points. The fact is that uh, you know we've um, you know, we have we have really changed uh, in the way we live our lives, especially over the last uh, fifty odd years, and that's a great thing. We have to adapt to it, though. You know, we have to adapt to our environment if we're going to survive. And you know, one of one of my missions really um, these days, in and in working in couples or working with people um, that are struggling with relationships difficulties is, you know, improving the longevity of our relationships so that we can start to stem uh, the divorce rates, which are, um, you know, astronomical. And, uh, and as you know, you know, they're, they're um, the follow-on implications for that in our parenting and in who's got the kids and who's not seeing the kids and all that kind of thing can really um, go into very, very difficult periods. So, my personal feeling and my professional feeling is that we are better to try and work through um, work through these issues and address them, um, learn about ourselves, learn about uh, why we are the way we are, to accept and appreciate who we are and what we bring to the table and to accept and appreciate what our partner brings to the table. So, Jasmine, for those tradie couples... Uh you know, there's a fair bit of stress involved with cash flow and managing staff potentially and, you know, you throw kids in the mix and managing home life as well. Do you have any tips for, uh, I suppose, navigating that or how to 
do that better? Well, um, in in relation to uh, in relation to men, um, there you know a couple of Michaela asked earlier on about you know some of the myths and misconceptions about men, and one of the things that I hear most most commonly from men is that you know and and you know we often make jokes about this, but it's really not a joking matter. You know, when the, when a bloke comes home and he just wants to sit down and watch TV and then, you know, the, the wife or, or partner is at sort of like, well, you know, I need to, I need, you know, you should have mowed the lawns, you haven't done the gutters, you haven't done this, you haven't done that, and we've got this, like, long list of to-do stuff that, that we want them to do. And um, one of the things that I hear most is that that downtime for them is really important and it's not that they're watching the footy it's that they're quieting their mind you know they're letting go of a lot of that stuff and we live in a very very um mentally and emotionally busy life these days far too much so it's not sustainable and and so we have to learn to accept that quiet time and that downtime and that time where there is no no talking we have to learn to respect silence far more than what we do so um, you know, downtime is, is whether that's playing golf, whether it's um, taking the dog for a walk, whatever. I mean, some guys do downtime by mowing the lawn, right? They, they like to get out and, and do things. But, you know, if it's, even if it's sitting in front of the TV, respect that space. Um, and it's the same for women. Respect that space in yourselves where you're taking time to do nothing because that lowers the cortisol which is the stress hormone so it lowers the the cortisol levels um and it allows what's called the parasympathetic nervous system to um to kick in which which lowers everything right and it brings us down into a sense of calm and it's only when we're in that sense of you know being quiet and peaceful that we can actually create um that, that we actually get our creative brain engaged um but that we also create that sense of of vision and and you know this is this is where i want things to head so that's probably that's really my my top thing is to respect the downtime and respect the the time of of doing nothing um and and that that follows on into into everything and i mean we have incredibly busy lives but we can all take you know even 10 minutes out of a day for just for just nothing for just to just doesn't matter whether you're watching TV. Better if you're doing completely nothing at all. But we need to respect that in people rather than rather than get narky about it. Mm, and I guess as partners, is supporting each other in how and when we do that throughout the day or the week, um, mm. so that we improve the quality of our communication outside of those times. It it really is it really is mental health first aid. Mm. So many things come back to that. Well, Jasmine. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been great to chat to you again. Uh, not many people would know that I've... Uh, and Michaela's just been interrupted. Her mobile phone's just popped up on the screen and it says, Husband. Uh, I've gone, yeah, I'm not taking that right now. She's screening that call. <laughs> but, uh, Put him on. Put him on. I want to chat to him. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you want to do that on, on air. Um, Jasmine, if people want to find out more about you or the work that you do or perhaps some of your uh, the work that you've done in the past as well, uh, where, would the, where would be the best place for them to find out about that? 
Look, I'm I'm in a bit of a transition phase at the moment, uh, as you know, Warwick, because we have we have spoken before. But um, so I still have I have two sites running at the moment. So there's relatingtomen.com, uh, and if men want to get in touch with me regarding coaching, there is a form on the on the page that they can fill out. Uh, and there's also my other uh, coaching page, which is jasminenewman.com. There's no e on Jasmine, J-A-S-M-I-N-N-E-W-M-A-N. Uh, and either way, um, or they can just flick me an email. Awesome. Well, uh, I know you have some great blog posts that you put up, Jasmine, and uh, you're you're a fairly active writer uh, and sharer of content. So uh, I'll <laughs> leave it. Certainly, relating to men, there's there's some prolific content on there, and um, and uh, you know some of it's some of it's pretty uh, confronting. Um, but if you um, you know, both women and men benefit from from reading my site, and uh, and it is written for men, and it is written on the stories of men. Uh, so um, yeah, there's there's definitely some good reading fodder on there. Well, thank you. I better go uh, call my husband back and say I need a week of silence on a tropical beach for my mental health. <laughs> Jasmine said, the, the cancer the expert said I need it. No, don't don't spend his money. That's not a way to show a man that you love him by spending his money. True. Uh, thanks again, Jasmine. Great to talk to you guys. That was really enjoyable. Thank thanks. you. You've been listening to the Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Want to get off the tools and into true business ownership? Find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com.